In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before today's interview, I want to let you know that this month, New Growth Press is releasing two gospel-centered storybooks for kids. One, by Marty Machowski, is called God Made Boys and Girls, and the other is about going through suffering called The Moon is Always Round by Jonathan Gibson. I hope these books equip and encourage you and your family. You can pick up a copy and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Carl Lafferton. Carl is Executive Vice President for Publishing at The Good Book Company and the author of a number of books. Although he studied history at Oxford University, he's written in the area of theology and even books for children. Really good books for children, I might add. He's written Original Jesus, Promises Kept, and one of my favorites, The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. If you don't know this book, I hope you'll pick it up for your kids. It's fantastic. Before joining The Good Book Company, he worked as a journalist, a teacher, and a pastor. Carl is married to Lizzie, and they have two younger children. Carl, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's a, it's a privilege to be with you, Champ. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. Well, what verse do you have for us today? So I have just the first part of James chapter 4, verse 6, which simply says, but God gives us more grace. Wow. Sometimes people on the podcast will say, can I do like maybe two verses or three? You're moving the other direction. You're like, I want to do half of a verse. Yeah, so, yeah just the six words. <laughs> I love it. It's short. It's to the point. Why don't you explain this short part of a verse for us? What is this saying? Well, um, if, if you were to, or if I were to paraphrase it, I guess I would say it's telling us that you, you can't sin too much or too bad for God's overwhelming and undeserved forgiveness to be able to cover it up and cover it over. And um, I, I think sometimes in the Christian life, we can forget that God's grace is always all sufficient, hmm. particularly, I guess, when we become aware of a particular besetting sin or a particularly serious sin. Satan tempts us to despair and tells us that we, we cannot be forgiven. Hmm. And in those moments, certainly I need to remember, but he gives us more grace. There is always more grace, which for a sinner like me is great news. That is great news for all of us. So I'm going to read it again. I'm reading out of a different version, which says it actually a little differently than what you said. So I'm eager to even talk about that difference. But before I read it, why don't you set the context for us? What's going on leading up to this half of a verse? Sure. So we're in we're in the book of James, which is a book encouraging and exhorting believers to live out uncompromisingly their faith. James is all about if you've got living faith, then live it out. And actually, James 4 verse 6 comes just after and just before two particularly challenging uh, passages, because James has just... Uh, effectively accused his readers of spiritual adultery by being more in love with the world than they are in love with God. And you, you can't love both. And so 
he said, look, you, you're spiritually adulterous every time you compromise, every time you love what the world loves. And he's going to go on to say, you need to repent deeply of what you have been uh, living like, because unless you humble yourselves before the Lord, then he will not lift you up. He will not exalt you. And actually, this this little verse comes in the middle of that hmm. uh, and is helpful for all that, because I'm only really going to be able to confront and accept my spiritual adultery if and when I know there's grace for that spiritual adultery, for that sin. And I'm only going to be freed to repent honestly and properly if I know that grace will cover my sin. And so that the, the before and the after, the context, really do make this verse come alive even more. So I love your summary of the book of James, that if you have living faith, you should live it out. And it's this grace that we're going to read about in just a minute again, that is what enables us to live it out, to challenge that spiritual adultery, right. to handle it when we are facing sin in our lives. So that is great. This really cues it up well. So I'm reading James chapter 4, verse 6, actually the verse part of verse 6. And it says this, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, but he, that's God, gives greater grace. Yeah. So that word greater, I think you read, it said more yeah. Greater or more in comparison to what? What are we talking about when we talk about bigger grace, more grace? So I, I think what James is getting at is, you know, if 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 James's first readers are anything like me and um, not being rude, champ, but, but you and, and anyone listening, Absolutely. then as you read the book of James, you are confronted by the fact that you don't live out your faith consistently and you don't live out your faith as you should. And so you're, you are going to reach this stage where you think, goodness, I, I'm not what James is painting here as the wholehearted believer. And so then when you get to chapter four, and he says, actually, if you're not living this out, then, then James says, I, I'm going to call that what, for what it is. I'm going to call that spiritual adultery. Then, then, boy, that really, that smacks you around the face. It's meant to smack you around the face. Hmm. And then he says, but grace is always more than hmm. the depths to which you may have sunk in your sin, or to use your translation there there is greater grace than the sin than you that you can uh, manage as it were so however much i sin however far i wander for his children god is always saying my grace is greater than anything you can do and any distance that you can wander that's not only a clear explanation carl that's just so encouraging it is because we feel often right at least we should feel when we read god's word that we fall short yeah god's commands and our behavior don't meet like they should in our lives but god's grace meets us exactly where we are so carl what's the story here with you why is this one of your favorite verses it's one of my favorite verses because I th when, I, when I was converted, I was converted at 19. Um, I was at the University of Oxford. I was pretty arrogant. I've, I've had to fight arrogance all my Christian life. And so when I was converted, I can remember saying to somebody that in a few years, I think I'll be a really great evangelist. And I, um, and, and it, I, I thought that I could do the Christian life really well. And that once I you know, nailed a few things early on, then I would be a, just a fantastic Christian. And it took me... There's a bit of a learning curve, but then you'll have it. Yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Got the, these three steps to instant sanctification uh, with, <laughs> with my sort of approach. And it took me a couple of years uh, of God breaking me down before I was able to realize that I was and only ever will be a miserable sinner in need of grace. 
And it was only then that uh, when somebody showed me this verse, it became so precious because I was able to realize that I am always going to need more grace. I'm never going to get to a stage, this side of glory, where I can say, right, I've got it all down. I can live out the life that James paints here. I don't need grace anymore. And then when I was a, a youth pastor uh, 10, 12 years ago, I used to find that guys who were coming to faith as teenagers, they went through the same process. Six months to a year later, they were feeling really beaten down because they were continuing to sin and couldn't understand why they couldn't just live the Christian life properly as they wanted to. And they needed this verse. They needed to be told, there's always more grace, so repent. Mm. There's always more grace, so you can admit your spiritual adultery, call it for what it is, repent of it and know that he will lift you up he will forgive you because there is always more grace and so it became precious to me it became precious in my ministry and still today and every day i'll need it until i die because i'll need to tell myself colors yes you've done that wrong yes you got that wrong yes that's sin but there's always more grace yeah, and that's not just your story. It's mm -hmm. everyone's story who's a follower of Jesus. Indeed. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for this excellent reminder from God's word, one that we need every day. Would you just close our time by praying this for our listeners? I would love to. Thank you, Cam. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge before you that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And so we thank you that a Savior is exactly what we have. We thank you that the Lord Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and ascended to glory and will return. And we thank you that he did all of that for us so that grace was made available to us, so that grace could be shown to us. And we thank you that there is always greater grace than any sin we can commit. There is always more grace than any distance we can run. And so for those of us who are secretly burdened by sin that Satan is telling us cannot be forgiven, we thank you that your grace triumphs. And for those of us who've grown complacent in our sin, we pray that you would enable us to uh, see our need of grace. Please would the, the knowledge that there is always more grace humble us because we know we need it and excite us because we know we have it. And it's for your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.